across the world, real estate agents are underachieving. They're missing out on millions of dollars in commissions. My name is Pat Hyben, and in the past 27 years, I've sold over 6,000 homes, selling over a billion dollars in real estate volume. My plan is to interview agents from across the world and help all agents create their destiny. Happy Wednesday, Rockstar Nation! Hope you guys enjoyed uh, Monday's podcast. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. I, I was hoping that that uh, some other people would have the same dilemma as he did with you know letting go of people in low places for high places. Kind of an edgy way to say it, but. Uh, at the end of the day, you make so much more on selling an apartment building or selling a $3 million home or a million dollar home than you do with some of your old fishing buddies that uh, you're not going to make much money on. And it's important that, you know, I, I don't think you should scrap relationships, but certainly if somebody is a friend and understands you and loves you, they're going to understand you growing. You would hope everybody grows, right? If you're a lawyer, you're going to take uh, the junk cases in the beginning, but if you're a partner in a law firm, it's highly unlikely you're going to you're going to go to to your buddy's son's traffic ticket or DWI. You're going to you know send a, a new guy to that, and you're going to be working on corporate level stuff as you should be at an older age if you've been practicing law for 30 years. So, I think it's a dilemma that that a lot of us have in the business, and probably a lot of us don't handle correctly so so i think charlie butler did a good job in taking us through all that so anyways i got some uh neat neat stats here that i just got uh, for the first four months of this year what you guys like the most out of first four months if you if you're not an avid listener and you haven't listened to all of these and you want like the top five well here they are for the first four months uh this year basically year to date the number five and again uh, you know we're doing we do three a week that's what we're committed to from the day one we have never changed which is 12 or so a month sometimes 14 a month and so this might be out of let's say if you average 12 uh, about 50 podcasts this is a top 10 percent the top five out of about 50 this year so the number five one was uh, Christy Lundy. Had to go from rookie to rock star, which was really cool because I wasn't going to, originally I wasn't going to put her on there. She'd actually reached out to me and was like, hey, I'm a fan. Will you put me on? And I was like, well, you know, I don't know what a rookie really has to offer. Um, and are people going to be interested in it? And, you know, lo and behold, I mean, she had some incredible ideas and was implementing, uh, you know, way more stuff than a lot of experienced agents were. So I'm really happy, and and this would be a total organic push too. Meaning she she climbed through the ranks. Uh, if she's only been in the business a year, you know it wasn't because she knows a million people and told them to listen. It was because people listened and told other people to listen. So Christy Lundy had to go from rookie to rock star, and of course Tim Harris. Why most agents die broke and spend their life lying about their income. Tim's always a great guest. I loved him. He's so. Uh, he tells it like it is, and he is so he has no fear in being a contrarian, and and he's a true believer that you know that teams have no profit, and that you know the way to business is to be a good listing agent and and you know list X amount of have 15 listings at all times, and everything will fall into place 
from there. None licensed agents under you, just staff. So anyways, that was episode 304. Christy is 312. Christy is 312. Tim Harris, 304. You can type in these episodes anywhere, whether you listen on Acast, iTunes, or Stitcher. Or you can always go to hybendigital.com and type it into the search bar. Uh, just go to the search bar on hybendigital.com and type in 304, 312, whatever. Uh, real easy to find. So anyways, so 304, Tim Harris was number four. Number three was Michael Reese. Kinder Reese and National Association of Expert Advisors, great group, how to get every first-time buyer in your market, which was cool. You know, he had something very, very unique for how to catch first-time buyers, and it was cool how he did it, and and, and I loved it. And, and I know agents that are using it, and it's working, so definitely check that out. And that was episode 291. So 291 was Michael Reese, and the number two most listened to episode of 2016 year date christian stone how i got licensed only last year and have already sold 72 homes this was cool because again it just like christy lundy here's a young guy is getting in business and, and he's killing it with expired listings and he's doing it from working hard he's doing it from hyper focusing and it's one of those episodes you should be able to listen to and say, man, if, if he can do it, I can do it. Not because he's an idiot, but because because he's new, because he's a brand new agent. Any br- rookie that could jump in and do 72 units in, in less than two years is, is somebody to pay attention to. And this episode climbed the charts again on its own. It climbed the charts because people said, hey, listen to Christian Stone. You know, listen to what this guy has to say. This is a good episode. Let me share it. And... The number one episode of Year to Date 2016, episode number 300, Joshua Smith, How I Get More Shit Done Every Day. Love some Joshua Smith. I mean, he's, um, you get what you see with Joshua, you get what you hear with Joshua. Great advice. Uh, He's like a Grant Cardone mini. I mean, uh, climbing, creeping on Grant's toes. Great guy, used to work with Nate Martinez over at Remax. Now he's off on his own, and and he has a huge audience with his Get Shit Done podcast. So that's number 300, Joshua Smith, Get Shit Done. It is the number one episode. Maybe everybody should cuss more in their podcasts and social media because he's got the number one spot year to date here on my podcast as a guest. So, and he's 300, so... Number 312, Christy Lundy. Number 304, Tim Harris. Number 291, Michael Reese. Number 290, Christian Stone. And number 300, Joshua Smith. Listen to them all, guys. It, you know, make that your uh, playlist, your greatest hits playlist, and uh, play those this week. And you will learn way more than you could ever imagine. I got a couple of new reviews for the podcast and listen guys do me a solid go to stitcher go to Acast, go to itunes and subscribe number one please subscribe to the podcast and number two uh, write me one of these five star reviews because the more five star reviews i get the better guess i can get and the more we can promote this community and the more cool people will join our rockstar nation 
Uh, so please subscribe and hook me up with a five-star review. Again, Acast, iTunes, or Stitcher. Boomer Hendricks. I have been a fan of Pat's for many years. He is always reaching to the next level and inspiring others. Listen and listen again. You will learn if you implement. I think if you will earn if you implement. But you will definitely learn if you implement. Just, you know, listen, take this stuff, teach it, write it down, and implement it. And, that, and that's how you're going to make money. Five stars. Boomer, thank you. And then, uh, where do you get that energy pat from Brother Phil? What's up, Brother Phil? Listen, Pat, awesome podcast. After a few, I decided to subscribe. And I'm not even a realtor. I don't even work in any part of the real estate business. Your energy and knowledge is appealing to any communicator. Keep it up and back off the coffee. You're making some of us look older than we are. Laughing out loud, Brother Phil. Thanks, Brother Phil. Guys, yeah, hook me up with a review and I will read it on here. And you can have your couple seconds of fame for the week, please. Anyways, let's get down to business. We got a great show today i'm excited and we got a great show friday too don't miss either and you know let's jump right in the call thanks guys have a great wednesday have a great rest of the week and i'll talk to you on friday bye listen up rockstar nation i am going on three years now doing this podcast and you know i've had uh, oh well over 300 guests on here and I hope you guys have learned a lot. I know I have learned a ton. And, and even though we try to get to all meat and potatoes and have people give actionable content on this podcast, there's only so much we can do with one interviewee. And uh, there were a couple of things that I seem to find that real estate industry, uh, the sales industry, it, at least in my opinion, was yearning for. And one of those is a hyper, hyper, hyper focus on the listing appointments. I think there's a huge frustration out there from agents that, you know, quite frankly, lose listing appointments. It's it, it can ruin your month. One lost listing, especially if it sells right away and it's a decent price, can ruin your month. It might even ruin your year. It's a, a kick in the gut and nobody wants to feel that. And I think that a lot of people want to be empowered better. And there's very few courses on how to, you know, put on a Superman cape and go in there and, and take the listing every single time. So what I did is I interviewed eight top agents from around the world. I've got five different companies represented. All have been on this show. So you guys know them. You know, I've got Jeff Quinton. I've got Nate Martinez, Jeff Cohn. I've got Rachel Adams out of Sacramento, California. Uh, Brendan Payne, Aaron West, Dan Grieb, and Saul Z. All, all super agents, all rock stars. Just completely pull back the curtain and let everybody, a camera, see how they do listing appointments. And so what I did is I took these and I broke them up. It, it was evident that everybody's listing appointment pretty much broke down to six steps. And we took these six steps and broke them down into f more sub-chapters. Then we created quizzes uh, that go along with them and a certification, and we're calling it uh, the listing appointment certification. And it's in the finishing phases now. I don't have it for sale. And so what I thought I would do is since I haven't spent a dime on marketing yet, I will take the marketing fee and the marketing amount normally spent 
and just discount it for anybody that wants to sign up for it prematurely before it comes out. You don't have to pay anything now and you don't have to buy it. Just let me know now that you could consider buying it in the future and you'll get 50% off. I'm going to sell for $4.99 as soon as I make it public and then I'll give it to you guys for $249. All you got to do is send an email to rockstar at hybin.com. Rockstar at hybin.com. I'm also uh, creating a another product with Jeff Cohn, which is a team building product. We don't have the details of the price of that yet, but if you're interested in that, just put uh, also interested in Jeff Cohn's uh, product in the email as well. Just also interested in the team building product as well. So I uh, hope to get your emails and look forward to calling you a certified listing agent and a certified team agent in the future. Okay, Rockstar Nation, we have a great guest today. I have Bob Zachmeyer from Tucson, Arizona on the line. And Bob is doing some really neat, out-of-the-box thinking and creating of business that's earning him commissions. And we're going to learn how exactly he's doing that in Tucson and and find out a lot about um, how we can do it ourselves. So without further ado, Bob, welcome to Pat Hyben Interviews Real Estate Rockstars. Thank you, Pat. I really appreciate you having me on. I looked through your list of people you've interviewed, and actually a lot of those are some close friends of mine. So thank you for including me in this elusive group. You're welcome. My pleasure. So, Bob, why don't you uh, tell our audience a little bit about yourself so they can get to know you better? Okay. I'm Bob Zachmeyer. I'm in Tucson. I uh, left a 22-year engineering job uh, to become a real estate broker, and uh, I quit my job and in the last 11 years my wife and I have sold 3300 houses that basically works out to one every day except for Sundays and holidays for 11 year run wow I love it that's great uh, so you guys have been busy so last year how many houses did you sell actually this is kind of interesting uh, my best year was 641 homes mm -hmm. and last year we did just under 150 Okay. And and this was by design. I actually have a written goal that I've had for two years. I want to sell half as many houses and make twice as much money. Okay. So let's let's talk about that. So let's talk about that specifically because I think that that's something that that all agents out there need to hear. Uh, because the guy that gets on the stage is the guy that make that sells the six hundred houses. And you decided, hey, it's not about this stage anymore, and it's really about my bank account. So let's look at some numbers, if you don't mind. So when you sold 600 houses, uh, what was your net profit on that, roughly? The net profit was, my best year ever in real estate was 800000 and that was before we started selling 600 houses. I mean, that, that came on a year that we sold 250 houses. Hmm. Um, so then you got it up to 600 and, and the net actually dropped. Yeah, my net, I mean, we grossed $3.2 million um, <laughs> selling 641 houses, but I, you know, my, my profit dropped because the overhead just went through the ceiling. So what was it, like 10%? Roughly. Yeah, so 10% would be 300 grand. So you right. were making 800, and then at 250, 300, at 600 houses and, and walking, you know, top agent everybody knows bob and now tell me tell me about this methodical 
um, transformation that you did and uh, how exactly you did it? Well, a lot of our market in Arizona was REO, and then just like a light switch, it shut off. I went from you know, 300 REO listings to three in, in a year and a half. <laughs> and, and, and so when your business dries up, you, you find a different way to get business. And, you know, because I, of my engineering background, I really track the market and I see changes before most people see them coming. And I saw this REO going away and all the banks starting to do these huge bulk sales, which is taking away um, all the, the sales from Main Street and putting them on Wall Street. Hmm. So I started looking around for problems to solve. That's really what real estate agents do is they solve people's problems. And what I found was there are a ton of people who were hit by the recession, especially in places like Arizona, California, Florida, um, Nevada, the sand states, that, that our prices fell by 50%. So this created problems that we've never seen before, markets that fell half of their value that means nobody can afford to sell that means the buyers that lost homes are unable to buy and i just saw a huge amount of opportunity if i target the people mostly business owners by the way when you say somebody can't qualify for a bank loan everybody immediately thinks that they're some deadbeat that doesn't pay their cable bill and what i found is it's mostly business owners and these people are, are working they actually have a bunch of employees who can all buy homes because they have a w-2 but the person who signs their paycheck every Friday cannot buy a home. Yeah. So, so I've actually addressed my marketing um, to, to go after those people. And, and I find a lot of them on Craigslist. And if they can't buy, where do they go? They go to rent, right? And I just use my two favorite words in the English language, what if? What if you could own a home for less than you're paying in rent? And, I mean, it's just huge. These people, it's really funny, Pat, they're, they're predisposed to pay a premium to buy a home. So, I mean, people pay more to live on the golf course. They pay more for a house with granite countertops. They pay more for a house that has financing with it. So I started looking around, and, and this actually came from my own personal experience. My mother, um, when my father passed away, we broke up my mom's assets into $100,000 increments because at the time, that's what FDIC insurance would, um, would protect in a bank. And she was making about 4% on her money on each one of those accounts that we'd set up. And then about five years ago, her $4,000 a year for each 100000 went to $200 a year for each 100000 So she's now making $16 a month. Um, and we actually had a, a – isn't that crazy? I mean, it's not even one Starbucks a week. You know, to, to, for having a hundred grand in the bank, it doesn't even buy you a Starbucks a week. And you know, I, I tell this to people all the time. If there's two of you, that means one Starbucks every other week. You know, and it's just you, you add a little bit of humor in there. And 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 then we had this client that you know bought several homes. He owns a business, and the bank turned him down for a loan. And and he wanted to buy a a three hundred thousand dollar property and with a hundred thousand cash down. I mean, you talk about skin in the game. That's significant. And, and the bank would not give them that $200,000 loan. So my mother actually cashed in a couple of her bank accounts. And instead of getting uh, $13.50 a month uh, for, for $200,000 invested, she gave this gentleman a loan. Um, and, and now at 7% interest is earning $1,320 a month instead of $32 a month. So um, I, I just you know tell people that story. And... Everybody, I want to be your mom. You know, it's just 
So there's yeah. a huge opportunity. So, okay, right so now. so now have you taken this to a whole other level? Do you are you funding more loans like this with a pool of investors? It's not investor pools. It's actually um, mostly retirees. And, and investors are what I get, and I say this in public every time I speak to investors. Um, investors are greedy pigs. They want 12 to 16 percent for their money. And, and mm. so that's way too much. It's not going to make any house deal fly. So I look for retirees who are we have 6,000 people a day turning 65 years old in this country. So when you find the, the retirees and, and they're looking around for a place to invest you know, their money and they look at the stock market, the last downturn, the Dow Jones Industrial lost 10% in three days. Yeah. I mean, have you ever heard of real estate losing 10% in three days? <laughs> no. So, so you pull this money together from retirees, right? And so how much, how many of these are you doing now? Um, we're doing several a month actually. And, and when I, so I, about a million dollars or so a month. Well, and well, it depends on on the price of the home. And actually, this is going to sound strange to you. You know, most real estate agents focus on higher price properties because they earn more commission. I actually focused on the lowest price points because that is where the most need is. And, and I just want to give you an example. The, the median home price in in Tucson right now is about one hundred and seventy thousand dollars. So I focus on houses under one hundred and fifty. And and people renting those homes will pay nine hundred to eleven hundred for rent. I can actually get them into a home with financing that will be $200 less than they're paying in rent. Mm. And that's just a no-brainer sale. Yeah. yeah. And then the the uh, retiree, by the way, only we would never I run all the loans through a licensed loan originator, so I am not, you know, creating loans myself. Um the title company prepares the the uh, all the paperwork and the, and the uh, deeds and and uh, you know, just I don't I don't get involved in that. I'm just the guy that puts all the people together. And what's the loan to value on these? Seventy um, percent for the retired person. We break all the loans into two okay. pieces. Yeah. And 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 basically, the person selling the home. Um, is it okay to give you a quick little example? Yeah. That, yeah. Example would be great. <clears throat> yes. Okay. So on a hundred thousand dollar home, which we're finding those hard to find anymore, and and I know California people are going to roll their eyes on a hundred thousand dollar home. Believe me, I have people that I coach that are doing this in California. Yeah, well, for so, round numbers, we'll go with a hundred. Yeah. Okay. So a hundred thousand dollars, I can find buyers all day long that would buy that home, because and and they will pay a hundred and fifteen for it. So when you have buyers that are willing. Okay, to Okay, so let me stop you there. So they'll pay a hundred and fifteen. Because they can't get a loan through traditional mortgage companies because uh, their tax returns are set up so that, um, you know, their write-offs are huge. And I understand. And so um, do these people have good credit? Uh, actually, a lot of people have over 700 credit score. As okay. I said, most of the people... So generally good credit, 30% down, uh, just, just bad tax returns. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm with you. Self-employed, don't have two years on their job. Uh, all kinds of reasons that the banks are turning people away. So, and and I can get all the sellers that I want, but uh, because I have all the buyers that want to pay a premium for property. Well, I mean, every seller wants more than their house is worth. Yeah. So basically, I mean, I, you can interview other agents, and and unfortunately, people hire the agent that that promises the highest price. But I have a way to get it. Yeah, you're not just talking, and then then three months in, you're going to drop the price from one fifteen to to one hundred. 
you're actually going to sell it for 115 and you have a, a way to do that. And you say you're double-ending a lot of these deals? Well, actually, because of the economy, and, and just I want to come across, I'm not an anti-realtor person. I actually just stepped down from serving on the board of directors for our local uh, board. Okay. But the thing that I want to just tell real estate agents that are listening is you have to add value. The um, I mean, what, what's changing in our industry is – the, the need for you to open a blue super box is going away. I mean, Airbnb, people for a $200 credit card scan will give you a keys to a fully loaded house. <laughs> so the whole idea that I need an agent to open a door for me, that, that's going to be gone in a year or two. And, and you have to have value that you're offering to people. So um, the, the first thing is, is you ask the buyer, how much of your uh, rent is, is tax deductible? How much do you get back in income tax? And of course, rent is not deductible. So the answer is no. And you say, if I could get you into a home for less than you're paying in rent, would that be okay? And, and of course it's okay. And then, um, you know, you just set up that, that initial phone call turns into a face-to-face -face appointment. And, and then you just sit down and show them. And, and I just, when I stopped trying to sell homes and started trying to help people, my, my business just exploded. And I just envisioned myself as a, a waiter in a restaurant. And basically, whenever I meet with a person, I reach in my back pocket, pull out my order pad, and just start asking them what they want. And and what you know, instead of trying to tell them, you know, what the seller wants or what my you know, well, you can't do that, you can't do that. Just what do you want? You know, if you could pick a day on the calendar, when would you move? And you know, if you set up a north, south, east, west boundary, what square would you want to live in? And then, how much do you have to put down? And how much do you want your payment to be? And, and it's just I can get to those questions in 30 seconds. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and, and so what I'm creating is possibility. And, and for this buyer, I just say, you know, the, and then I show them the data. On average, homes in Tucson have increased in value by over $1,000 for the last four years, four thousand or $1,000 a month for the last four years. So basically, if you would have bought a home four years ago, you'd almost have $50,000 in equity. Mm. Um, and aren't you tired of your landlord getting that money? Yeah. And and, and so um, just for an example, on this uh, $100,000 home, if I sell it at a $15,000 premium, their total payment would be $854. That is the first loan, the second loan, the taxes, the insurance, the account servicing fee, everything out the door. I'll just tell you, that house would rent between $950 and $1,100 here. So already they're ahead of the game, and then they're getting back um, money, they can write off the mortgage interest, they can write off the property tax, so they're getting back over $100 a month in, in, uh, in their paycheck that they're not currently getting just for income tax re refund. They're paying down principal plus you know, market appreciation. So when you add all that together, I've actually sold homes where the benefits of home ownership are actually more money. They're getting back more money than they're paying, which means the house is paying them to live in it. Wow, and and it's a great deal for an investor too. If you if if, if you want to go that route, do you do you sell houses to investors? I, I do. Yeah, and and actually, I actually have. And it's a hard lot to of get them. a loan as an investor. It's hard to get a first. Uh, it's hard to get a long, amortized loan as an investor these days. And and it's also hard to find a decent rate of return. Fixed rate, yeah, yeah. So, so investors, my best clients actually are seventy-year-old guys who spent their life you know, uh, buying and paying off their rental houses. Now they have a whole spreadsheet full of property, but they're in their 70s and they're getting too old to climb ladders and fix stuff themselves. Mm. 
and and I just show them it's you can make more money, you know, being the bank than you'll ever make being yeah. a landlord. Yeah. And, and Securely no too. Calls. Yeah. And they're in first position with the seventy percent. So exactly. That's great. So okay. So now you discovered this, and then you went consciously out and just slashed all your expenses, right? All these things that were, were basically had created a 90% uh, expense ratio right. on your real estate team business. Uh, tell me what you did. did. Did you fire your team? Did you, did you cut out? Uh, what did you cut out? Tell me how this process happened and what exactly you did and how sure. is it today? So um, the first thing is we, during the peak of the market, I had four office locations open. And that is just, you know, pure overhead. Hmm. The um, Bricks so and I mortar. Down all, yeah. all my offices, I have one building that I own. And I'm actually I'm actually selling that. I mean, I have uh, too much equity in there. You don't I, need I, bricks and mortar in real estate anymore. You really don't. I exactly. Mean, you, you I've don't sold more homes the day. In, a, in a coffee shop than I've ever sold at my office. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so I'm getting rid of that $6,000 a month, you know, nut for the, for the office building. All of the extra internet. I work from my home every day. I rarely go to my office. So one, if you can get rid of your office building, two, the advertising. I cut Zillow, truly a market leader. I mean, those those things all work. That's why I was paying money to have them, but I don't need them any longer. Basically, I can get all of my leads from three locations. I I I, I do have a, a radio. I've I've been running radio for several years. It's very very effective. It's a way to get this message out to people. Um, I that's the only advertising that I pay for. And I have a radio show on Sunday, and I run ads during rush hour every Monday through Friday in the morning and in the afternoon. And the local uh, DJ does my uh, uh, endorsements, and he's awesome at it. So radio is the only real thing that I pay for. Bandit signs, um, I have a guy that installs them for 2 bucks a piece. He has a, a job running a, a, a medical equipment all over town. So just I, he throws extra signs in his car, and every time he gets to a stoplight, he you know, sticks a sign in the ground near a house that I have for sale. And uh, those uh, little bandit signs, uh, one of the key things I'll, I'll share with uh, people is they're handwritten on a blank uh, coroplast with, with a Sharpie. And they don't look like the standard you know, <laughs> branded real estate sign. And, and I'll just tell you, people respond to those because they don't want to be sold to. They don't want a professional looking sign. Actually, if you put duct tape on a stick, you would get more calls than you would with, you know, with a professional branded sign. So, and and uh, these these are signs for houses you have for sale, right? And and a seller, you know, seller will finance cheaper than rent. Um, and then so just let me let me get this straight. Seller will finance cheaper than rent. So and and this is, um, of course, the seller's not financing. This is your financing. But well, actually, the sellers actually are. What a, it's these landlords, these these seventy year old guys that that they're tired of all the headaches and hassles of rental property. They're they're going to be the bank now and just get a check in the mail every month and never have um, a, a oh I see so they're dumping their rental properties right oh and you're getting them there okay so they're becoming lenders versus yeah okay I got you I got you I know you said that before but uh, it's it's sinking in now I got you okay very interesting now do you, do you run in any struggle we uh, uh a little while back we I think it was episode three one nine Sam DeBoard was on. And, uh, you know, he's a writer in the, for a lot of the real estate magazines, and he was telling us about a, a um, Supreme Court case uh, with uh, open house signs and how 
there's some controversy going on now. Do you do you leave these open house signs up or these bandit signs up all week long? Do you run in any struggles with that? It depends on on the city, and I like I say I have people all over the country that are that are doing what I do, and and if you have ordinances like there's a city here, Oro Valley, that has just signed police, and and they will find the you know the heck out of you. Those mm. places I don't do it in. Um, on private property, you're allowed to put up signs. So uh, basically, we put up signs on any of our listed properties. And also, I mean, if I see a boarded up house, I mean, I'll have somebody go by and throw a sign up in the yard. And, and uh, basically, the, the jurisdictions usually can't take it down if it's on private property. That's and, interesting. And, 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 you know, one time I got a call from a, from a guy and, hey, there's a sign in my yard. It's like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. I, I was hoping to get your call because I'm interested in buying your house. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great so so you cut everything out and what's your profit margin now our well our total profit is i actually um just am running my taxes for last year but we are probably well over 40 percent of, of our gross that's your your net so you you went from 10 to 40 right and when i get rid of the office building i'll be way over 50 okay so you went from 10 to 50 Okay, so 150 houses will net you what? Um, this year, I think we should be right at seven figures. Like, I, I expect to make a million dollars this year. Okay, so so listen to this, guys. So 604 houses, right? Something right. like that. You net 300 grand. 250 houses, you net 800 grand. 150 houses... You net over a million dollars, all because don't forget, don't forget Pat. That I'm talking about some very low price points. We're we're talking yeah. under one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Wow. So let me just ask you: You think I can charge a higher commission than what typical agents charge in my market? I don't want to price fix here. Yeah, but no. But can I charge a higher commission if I'm getting you fifteen thousand dollars more for your home? Unequivocally, yeah. So now, if I bring in the buyer instead of just putting it on the MLS and and waiting for someone else to come sell it. I, I run Craigslist ads. I have people full-time that do nothing but Craigslist. And, and, uh, and you know, I do that both with VAs and I actually have a local. Um, so do you, are these agent. all exclusive listings essentially? Yes. So you don't MLS? No, I do MLS on some. On but, some, but, but for the most one, part, One thing know. that yeah. I want to I qualify here, I'm not withholding from the MLS. There are sure. a ton of people out there that want to sell their home, but they do not have the equity yet to pay two commissions. Hmm. So they don't think they can sell. I go right. They're short that, sales. Look. They a realtor would go to them and sit down and be like, "Hmm, you're short. You know, here's my commission. Here's your transfer tax. Here's everything else. Da 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 da. You're short. You need to do a short sale." They're like, ah, I don't know if I want to do that. You know, it's going to mess my credit up. We'll think about it. We're not that motivated. Then you come in and say, "Hey." I can get you fifteen percent more. Right. You don't have to, to be, be short. To pay off your bank loan. You'll save and your credit. You'll <laughs> save your pride. You know you'll, and you, and you might even make money. You will make money. Boom. And there's also people that just they got a job transfer and and they they need to leave. They and they they are still upside down. I mean, what do you what do you do with that? It's a short sale. And I've actually had um, um, issues where people have defense clearances. And they can't have a short sale. Yeah, yeah, that's huge here in Maryland. 
So what do you do with these people? Well, guess what? I can bring in a buyer who would buy your home and they, I sent them to the lender. It's going to be two more years before they can qualify because they still have a foreclosure looming on their credit. So what if we just push the closing date back two years? They come in and start paying you more than your payment right now, but they're buying it. They locked in the price with, an, with the contract. And I have escrows that close anywhere between two and five years. Really? Depending upon the deal. Huh. And, and now it, that person is free to move on with their life. Um, the, the payment is actually uh, being made by the person living in the home. It's still owned by the, the uh, previous owner. And that money being paid toward the payment, that principal is their equity. What the buyers are getting is they're locking in their price today so that two or three years from now, they'll be able to buy the house at a discount because they locked in the price today with a contract. That's great. Uh, okay. And so that so that somebody listening in Cleveland, Ohio says, you know what? I want to do this. Okay. So help us out here. So what exactly does your radio ad say to get the seller? To get the seller, if you want to, you know, to, to get more than market value for your home, um, you know, give us a call. And um, if and also, I, does it say something like we have, you know, we have a program that no one else has, or we're doing something yes. special? Yeah, we have lots of programs. Because that's a cliche, to, uh, you know. I'll get you more than anybody. I mean, sure. And also, um, you know, so, the op- you you don't want to be too specific because everybody's situation is different. Right. And what the biggest mistake real estate agents make is is they provide too much information. Um, you know, if you advertise a three bedroom home. You're going to alienate all the people that want a two-bedroom or a four-bedroom. Right. So, so, so are you saying, just hey. Just put I, the carrot out there and say, you know, hey, call to find out what your house is really worth. Right. I'm getting sellers more because of a program I have. I mean, you have to be sort of specific or else they're just going to think you're, you're saying what everybody says, you know. Right. And I, I, I just say things. I don't want to list your house. I just want to sell it. Hmm. That's neat. And then what do you say in the Craigslist ad to attract the buyer? With the buyers, we just um, have a a couple of pictures of the home. And the Craigslist ad is very, very simple. We don't put in the bedrooms. We don't put in the bathrooms. We're very vague on the area. And and we basically put in, here's the, the property, the best amenities of that property. No more than three lines on the ad. And then it just, at the end, kind of as an afterthought, seller might finance with adequate down well how much is an adequate down that that generates a phone call yeah yeah hmm. so if you say twenty five thousand down all the people that have 15 or 20 aren't going to call you so so you had this team with four offices how many how many people did you have at one time i had 28 w2 employees okay and um, uh, just because of the sensitive nature of the reo um, accounts i didn't want a bunch of agents that would then try to take the business from yep. me. Okay. So I, I had a small team of agents at, at the peak of the market. I had at one time 22 agents and that was just hmm. uh, I, like pulling my hair out. Every time I added more and more agents, I, I was less and less productive. Well, 20, and 28 and 22, that makes 50. So what is it now? Five. Five. And that includes my wife and I. And so three. And so what? What? Uh, what do those three people do? They're all real estate agents, and basically, they are. I have them as 1099 for doing the tasks that I need done to list homes. To, you know, hey, I got this listing coming up. I need you to go hang the box, and and I have a photographer that takes the photos. But you're going to be responsible for all the buyer calls on this on this home. So I don't. 
and we double end inside of our of our brokerage, but we don't have any one agent that ever represents both sides of the same transaction. So basically, the agents are doing all the the work I used to pay uh, uh, W2 employees to do, but for that they get the leads on that property directly hmm. to them. Hmm. And uh, internally, uh, do you keep more on the listing side? We are very balanced, actually half and half. But the most interesting thing about our brokerage is over half of the homes that we sold in the last 12 months were not on the MLS. Yeah. That's and again, great. it's not withholding them from the MLS. It's because the people didn't have the equity to put them on. Right. The if you put them in the MLS, they would just sit because the, the you know the agents are showing it to regular buyers, right? I mean, you're right. showing it to special buyers. Uh, and when you meet with a seller and you just you know, you hit the the pain points. You know, when you're listing a home, it's an emotional roller coaster. Did they like my house? Oh, they didn't. You know, I got a vacuum and sweep, and there's all these people coming, and and so I just hit those pain points, right? Now, what if, you know, if you could pick a day on the calendar, when would you move? And just you're in charge. You tell me when you want your house hmm. sold, and I'll just make it happen. And then, what if you only <laughs> had to make your, what if you only had to make your bed once? Yeah. Would that be all right? You know, and and I can bring you an offer, and and basically, Pat, I have three ways to sell your home. Okay. If you want it fast, I can bring in one of my investors and just be aware it's going to be a probably 70% offer, but I can close this house in the next seven days and, and you'll be done. If you want that, I have that. Okay. If you want a traditional sale, we can put it on the MLS and we can we can market it and, and just be aware that it's going to be subject to what the appraiser says can be paid. And then a recovering market like ours, appraisers look in the rearview mirror. It's, it's sometimes it's frustrating because you'll have a buyer that wants to pay more money than the appraiser will let them pay. So we have fast and less money. We have long and market money. Or we have this third option, which is fast and more money. Which one would you prefer? Okay, so so let's address the appraisal thing, right? So yep. do you just not do appraisals? Um, on a private money loan, we do not do appraisals. Okay, so no, no appraisal. That solves because that. Because part right. of the value that they're paying for is the, the financing. They're paying the premium for the right, finance, right, not for yeah. the value of the home. Right. Hmm. Yeah. Very and interesting. Appraisers, you know, this is probably the biggest um, misnomer in real estate is, is appraisers are the, the gold standard. And, you know, what I explain to clients is a, a, appraisers are hired by the banks to justify the, the investment. They are investing in this in this loan, and they want to know that it's common for people in this area to pay this much money for a house. So... I mean, the neighbors of the properties that I list should love me because I got them a new comp that nobody else provides. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I bet you that gets you business too, right? They're like, did you hear they get one? They got one fifteen. What? How in the world did they we get one fifteen? Oh, wasn't even a congratulations postcard to all the neighbors that basically says congratulations on the new high price in your neighborhood. And it's kind of like back patting myself. But, right. And, of course, uh, the other agents are, oh, they'll never appraise, but you don't even have an appraisal. I mean, it's 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 brilliant. And now there's a con – I mean, just think if, if it wasn't for private sales, there would never be appreciation because appraisers look backward in time to find values of what a property could sell for. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I understand what you're doing 100%. Personally, I have a ton of investments, and some of my investments last year – some apartment buildings that I bought, we plowed tons of money into them in repairs, and I'm a real estate professional on my tax returns, and it, it absolutely took my, you know, adjusted gross income and pushed it down to the point where I can't get a loan, right? right. I, 
I cannot refinance my house. I cannot buy another house today. I can't. So, and and I'm not a poor guy and I, I don't have bad credit. I just, you know, I just can't. And so I, I know, I understand this game 100% and I think it's brilliant. I mean, you know, I would be a client if I lived in your area. And actually, Pat, I, I bought five houses already this year. And, and that's, you know, more than about one every three weeks. And, and basically, I go to some of these people's homes and, and they're, they're upside down and they have to move. They have a life changing. I'm getting married and I'm moving to, you know, Vermont or, you know, somewhere. And, and so I just show them that if you sold your home, this would be your commission. This would be your closing costs. This would be your loan payoff. All you got to do is bring in $12,000 and you can sell. And I said, now let me just take off my real estate hat and put on my investor hat because I also buy homes. Now, if I was to buy your home, I would be working for me and not for you. So would it be okay if I didn't charge you a commission? Well, yeah. Okay, so guess what? Now you're not upside down anymore. But I don't run around town just buying houses for market value. There has to be a benefit for me. The benefit for me is that I would need to use the loan you have on this house for the next five years. If you're willing to do that, let me use it. And then I will pay it off in the end of five years and refinance the property. Then you know, we, we can make this happen and I can close in a week. And then you just do a, a, um, a land installment on the, on the loan? Yeah, we, we buy it subject to the existing loan. Mm-hmm. And then I will sell it on a, a contract for deed to a buyer who's going to, and for instance, uh, I have a, you know, the loan might be 3.75 um, and, and I would turn around and, and lend to someone else for like seven or seven and a quarter. And and so basically I make the difference in the interest. You make the spread deal. and you keep the house. And and yep. And, and then if they don't, everybody says, what if they don't pay? Well, if they don't pay, then... Basically, they lose their significant um, down payment, um, and I tell people that's actually so, the so best of both. So their loans. loan actually stays in place, or no, it doesn't. You pay that off. When no, you... the underlying loan stays in place. So let's just say you know there's a three and a half percent loan, yeah. and then I turn around and, and sell to someone else with a with a wrap, and and it is um, and sometimes we we actually wrap it. Sometimes we we uh, we use trusts. Yep. And and uh, and it's a contract for deed, so the the title never changes out of the original person's name. Right. And 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 I wouldn't you know prescribe this to clients. I mean, I have the resources in the event the the loan were to be called due, I could you know easily right. find the funding to put it together. Um, but the biggest thing is just you know educating people that this option exists. If you yeah. want fast, I have fast. And it's a win-win-win, right? Everybody wins. Right. Yeah. And then we we range price everything. Um, so if someone comes in with an MLS offer, um, this is the price they would pay. And, and most people don't understand range pricing. And I just explain it. Just think of a speedometer on a car. It's not a bait and switch. The seller will sell at the low price. And, and most people say, well, why would I pay the high price if I know that they'll take the low? Hmm. Well, the low price is the as-is price. They are not going to pay your closing costs. They are not going to pay for any repairs. They're not going to pay for anything. They'll sell it at this price if that's all that they pay. It's just you take the house, we're done, I don't have to pay anything. So then the more stuff you ask for, the higher the needle goes, just like the speedometer on your car. Yeah. Um, So so, um, this allows you to get the low price that a real estate agent wants. It gets people in the door. And most people, you know, are, are going to ask for concessions, and that enables you to, to just hold your ground and say, nope, that was the, the best price. And especially in a market like ours where there's a shortage of inventory, 
it, it, every time, I mean, it never fails. We'll get an offer at the low price, and that it includes a whole bunch of closing costs and, and, and uh, other concessions. I want a home warranty. I want these things. And we just don't even respond to that offer. I mean, we'll call, I'll call the agent, and then I'll actually send them a list of, of comps in the area and say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, but my seller has advised me not to counter you, and this is why. Find another house at this price. And, and people end up countering themselves. I mean, they actually send, <laughs> send in a counter offer sure. uh, for, the, for the higher price with all the, the, the um, things added on. And then we, um, if they come in at the low end of the range, we require that they sign an as-is addendum. Hmm. So, um, and it never fails. People are people. I mean, yeah, they'll they'll, they'll still ask for repairs, and, and you know, we just what kind of <laughs> what, what part didn't you understand yeah, the right. as or the is? You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's only two words. <laughs> they should have an addendum with those two words, just massive, big fonts, and that's all it right. says on it, and everyone signs it. That's uh, funny. Well, this this has been great, Bob. I really appreciate you uh, coming on and sharing this. It's definitely I have not heard of this. Um, I think that it is duplicatable. I think that other people listening can do this. And uh, guys, if you, uh, I'm going to put all of Bob's uh, contact information on hybendigital.com backslash Bob Zach, and that's a Z A C H. I'll just uh, leave it at that. And um, Bob, thanks again. I really appreciate it. If you, if anyone listening has referrals in Tucson, Arizona, you know the guy. He will get your sellers more money and ensure that the, your buyers will be able to get a loan to get a house. Thanks so much, Bob, for coming on today, and I wish you the best of luck. Hey, Pat, thank you. And um, if you're interested, I, I do a webinar every Tuesday of, of a deal that I just did this last week, and I share those and uh, you know, I let people come on and just see if it will work for them. So just send an email if you want to bob at nocarry.com. That's bob at nocarry, N-O-C-A-R-R-Y? No, no, note, N-O-T-E, oh, like note. a real estate okay. note. Good, I'm glad you did that, yeah. Note bob carry. at notecarry.com. And uh, every Tuesday at 9 o'clock I have a, a webinar. It's an hour long, and, and uh, I got people all over the country that are doing this exact thing and just, just killing it. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, and I'll put all that on Hyben Digital too, hybendigital.com backslash bob zach listen bob have a great day all right thank you pat thanks for coming on well i hope you have enjoyed this session of real estate rock stars i'm pat hyben and i appreciate you spending time tuning in for some rock solid advice i encourage you to take action on something that you have connected with these insights along with goal setting will help carry you to achieving your destiny visit hybendigital.com for resources how to's ebooks and so much more also reach out to us on twitter my handle is at pat hyben and don't forget rockstar nation keep rocking this podcast is a part of the c-suite radio network for more top business podcasts visit c-suiteradio.com